Hello, brave friends. We're going to talk about sex today. And I know it's not a topic that we really usually think of when you go to a podcast for the disability community or for parenting or what we usually do. And yet, it just kept coming back to me that this would be so worthwhile for us moms to receive a little pep talk and empowerment around having a healthy, connected sex life. And I think a good sex life is self-care. And I know I'm guilty of letting my stress, anxiety, to-do lists get in the way. And Cindy Sharkey is an amazing nurse, a sex educator. You will love her. Please check out her podcast. We'll make sure that we link it up for you. And I just hope that you'll really take in this conversation. Thanks for listening. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jessica. I'm delighted to be here. I am so glad. This is probably unusual for our audience because this is not something that you would typically search for in the world of disability unless you're talking about educating our children and how do we educate our children. But this episode is for the moms. I love your mission and passion, Cindy, to educate all ages and empower women on the topic of sex, sexual health, you know, all of it, intimacy, connection, the biological, physiological side of things. And I just remember the first time that I heard you speak, I'm like, where have you been my whole life? Where have you been my whole life? (laughs) And today we're going to talk about caregiver to lover. It is We live, as you know, such stressful lives. Just being a mom, just being a parent is stressful, let alone the extra exponential roles, expectations, tasks, duties, chronic hardship that is just part of our world in the disability community, or if you have your child has any extra unique needs. So tell us what to do. How do we really make this a priority? Because a healthy sex life is self-care. No, oh, it's so it's so important. I mean, you you're speaking my language, of course, but there's just such a damaging cultural mantra and script around women and moms, you know, that good moms are selfless. Good moms basically, you know, strip themselves of their sexuality. Well, we don't we don't strip ourselves of our sexuality. We can't. It's a it's a part of us, yeah. But we hear this kind of theme so much. You know, we absorb it. I don't think we have to give this part of ourselves up. And I think of your brave together moms, Jessica, and just the extra pressure they face to be selfless in their caregiving role. And so that's why I just love that love that I could be here and just try to give a, just a few tangible ideas, right, to help people change those hats or flip the script, whatever you want to call it, of transitioning from caregiver and mama to, you know, lover and your own sexual self, which is a natural, normal part of you. Yes. 
Yes, it's a good part. It's a part to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard to pivot sometimes between our roles, you know, especially yeah, I'm raising my hand too. It's, it's, it's difficult to learn how to do that or even recognize that you kind of do need to do it. So I would think for your community too, I was thinking specifically about desire as we kind of talk about a few things because desire comes from the same, you know, energy tank as everything else in your life. And and so if you don't have any energy in your tank for everything else in your life, you're not going to have energy for desire. You're going to have the drip drop blast bits, right? And so I, I sometimes I want to tell moms right off the bat, you know, you got to prioritize your sleep and rest because if you don't have sleep and rest, your energy is zapped or your desire is zapped. That's just normal. It's a normal way to be. So in case you were thinking, you know, wow, does everybody else just, you know, have all this extra energy for sex? Well, they don't, <laughs> right? And you named off, you know, all the roles that your moms play and all the tasks and, and well, the mental load alone for your community. What I mean is just that invisible to-do list that's always running in your head is big for your community. And, and sex is a unitasking event. Right. It's a it's a one track event and multitasking doesn't really fit well into our sexuality, especially to not experience and enjoy pleasure and connection. And we're so wired to multitask. Desire can come from a neutral place. So if you find yourself in this multitasking mental load anxiety and worry place it's really there really has to be a a sense in which you come to narrow down what's rumbling in your mind to be able to unitask meaning focus on sex that is the 64 million dollar question how to do that right how do we do that Cindy (laughs) well because the sex is a brain and body event. It's a, it's a response that involves both. So we do have to be present for the sex we're having with our mind. So let's get into like three specific ways right now. This is not the end all nor like, you know, I could do four workshops on this. So, but this, let's just give three ways that I think might be helpful for your community to do this, right? To pivot and to be able to unitask, right? And to be able to enjoy and connect and have pleasure. One of the biggest things is what we, this idea we've been talking about, about flipping the script or taking off all the roles, the hats that you wear. And I just feel like people don't give themselves permission to have transition time. Transition time. What do I mean by this? You're, you're actually intentionally taking out some moments, an hour, 15 minutes, maybe five minutes, whatever you get, right? To take off the hats that you wear as mom and home manager and work and caregiver and all of that to down to your core self and also create a place to receive. Caregiving is giving all the time, giving. Sex should be a place, can be, I would love it to be a place of receiving too. And I think sometimes we need to allow ourselves a transition time to create space to receive. I agree 100% because like 
Well, just a minute ago, I was out there momming, <laughs> and everyone's in their rooms, and now I come in my room and shut the door, and I'm supposed to be like the hot girlfriend. What? What? Here I am. <laughs> And so why, why, why don't we allow ourselves a little space to transition? That could look different for everybody, right? There's no right way to do this. Some people need a little more than others. Some, like, they, they just need a little something to kind of help take off the hat. So whether that's taking a quick shower or a bath or perhaps even changing your clothes, getting naked even, dancing, lighting a candle, doing a short mindfulness exercise or just a grounding practice to get present in your body, you know, a few yoga stretches, you know, whatever. Read an erotic short story. I, you know, put your hands in your hair and massage your scalp. This is not just for partnered moms in your community. I mean, we can connect with our own bodies with our touch and transition time, too. And that's so important. It's so important. And Cindy, it also makes me think, like, just because we need that transition, maybe not everybody needs, and stereotypically we'll say that men don't need that. And for women, stereotypically, we can't. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. It's just how we're wired. And so don't judge it. Just observe it and say, I'm going to do what I need to do to transition. And one of the keys to that is providing that for ourselves. So not expecting that our partner will do this for us or that they'll know what to do. This is something we, we can do for ourselves. Take ownership of that and... And we'll get to the next thing, which is communication, right? Okay, so creating space to receive. And people are going to, I know they're probably shaking their head. Oh, the communication thing again. Communicate, communicate. Oh, no, here we go. We have to talk about it. Cindy, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But the, the truth of the matter is the studies are overwhelming, Jessica. I mean, overwhelming sexual communication is the strongest predictor of sexual satisfaction in long-term relationships. Being able to talk about sex, the strongest predictor. We all want to have sexually satisfying (laughs) relationships, but it's really not about the frequency, the desire. It's about communication. And I know it's uncomfortable because people don't have language around it. They're not used to talking about it. And so probably one of the first steps is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And not starting with, you know, 400 things, just talk about one thing. (laughs) One thing what though? One thing that you like, one thing that you need yeah, let's take the, what we were talking about, the transition time. Even use that. That's an easy jump start, right? Of saying, you know, I was listening to this podcast and this nurse was talking about how it's so difficult to transition from all the things we're doing to, you know, my sexy self. And I really, that really made sense to me. I would really like to make a little time for that when I know we're going to connect for myself, would you help me do that? How could we, how could we make that happen together? Mm -hmm. So this is about me, I, 
not you don't give me any time to transition. And so, you know, I just can't get there. See, the two are very different. Very different. And you're empowering us, Cindy, to take ownership of our own sexuality, our own sexual life, our own transitions, our own communication. Yes. Let's do another example. Um, Perhaps you're like the majority of women who need more warming up time. Everybody calls it foreplay. I don't really dig that word, but because a foreplay is is the play for women. So most women need 20 to 40 minutes of warming up activity. Do you hear me? 20 to 40 minutes to to be in their their great sense of arousal and anticipation and to enjoy and have pleasurable sex. If you're talking about yes, okay. So we're going to get to what how we define sex later, but that would look like you know, honey, I was listening to this nurse on this podcast and, you know, she was talking about women need 20 to 40 minutes to really get all the way aroused. And I was thinking about that and thinking, wow, I, I want to experiment with that. That sounds super fun to me. Could we, you know, set up a time next time where we have a little extra time? I want to see how aroused I could get. What do you think about mm. that? If you're in a loving, committed <laughs> relationship, what I hope is your partner's going to go, yes. right on. Yes. I'm in. So but true. You know, we don't, well, we don't ask for what we need. Okay, right there. That's exactly what I was thinking, Cindy. We don't ask for what we need. We don't ask for what we need outside of the bedroom. And we need to remember that our needs matter and... And being in tune with our needs matters. And being explicit and specific about our needs matters. But we just like get into like the martyr mom mentality and it follows us into the bedroom. A hundred percent. And martyr mom mentality, that's a hard pressed way to have pleasure. And I think sometimes we really think our partners can read our minds and they can't. And we can't read theirs either. So my encouragement is just to, to open the conversation, you know, one, one conversation at a time and, and not in the bedroom. So start a conversation when you're taking a walk together and holding hands, when you're driving in the car together uh, without the kids. Or if you're a single mama, sit with yourself and have a conversation with yourself about what your needs are. And if you're being kind to yourself in this space of sexuality, I just want to encourage people and say, so often people come to me for consults and like they, they have never talked about sex with anyone, not their partner. I mean, there's just no conversation around it. And that's not unusual. So if you're listening, you're, you're, you're okay. You're like most people. But the great news is it's a skill you can learn just like any other skill just like any other language you can learn start with getting comfortable being a little uncomfortable and then the more you do it the more comfortable it becomes and i hope that everyone knows by now that just because it requires communication effort planning scheduling talking expressing your needs like every other part of your life it's okay. It's not the movies 
where just desire oozes out of you 24-7 for your entire lifetime that you're with somebody. (laughs) It's just not like that. And there's nothing wrong with you if your desire waxes and wanes and and your the seasons of your marriage wax and wane and you know it's so normal it is very normal it, we're not we're not wired like the movies show so that kind of brings us to my third pivot which is what you're already bringing up Jessica which is really redefining what sex is to you people have such a narrow box that they put sex in. And it is so much bigger than that. You know, culturally and media-wise, so much what people say or think sex is is just intercourse, you know, for heterosexual relationships. Or perhaps oral sex, you know, if they're even expanded their box a little more. But it's much more than that. We talked about foreplay, right, or warming up activities. So... When we sort of expand our idea of what sex is, think about small connection points during the day, all day. Because foreplay is all day. It is is touching your partner as you walk by and running your hand across the back of their shoulders. It's kissing good morning. It's holding hands when you go to sleep at night. It's possibly sleeping naked it's rubbing their back or they're rubbing your feet or there's just it's winking at them across the table these things are the small ways that we stay connected and that is foreplay but we have to be intentional about it we do and and it's not as not as one more thing on our list but it but as but if we're desiring to stay connected and to maintain a little bit of the pilot, you know, lit in our relationship, then, then this is a, a good way. This, this affection and foreplay all day idea makes sex much bigger mm-hmm. than this little time in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to go along with that, you have to embrace the quickies. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. That's so good. I, I think all parents need to embrace the quickie. But what I mean by that is just quick sex, right? This is not going to be the best sex of your life, okay? And for most women, it's quick. So the arousal time is less. And what we say? Women need 20 to 40 minutes of solid warming up, right, to experience the most, you know, a lot of pleasure and possibly lead to orgasm. So in quickies, it's very likely you're not going to orgasm. It's supposed to be uh, fun, could be hot, could be fun, could be silly, could be, you could be laughing the whole time. But it's a quick connection that keeps the pilot lit that you can fan the flame of that at another time when you have you know, an extended time for each other. People, people give quickies like a bad rap, but you know, it's really about you talking to, let's go back. It's about communicating together about what a quickie would look like or two or three scenarios that you would both be comfortable with. And also saying, this isn't replacing, this is just a way for us to have a quick time to connect. But let's be intentional about having our, you know, usual extent, more extended time together Saturday or whatever. I mean, schedule it or... That's perfect because the next thing is scheduling sex. 
We think sex is in this box of what, like we said, what we see in the media, which is just spontaneous, light my fire, everybody's just goes to the moon and fireworks immediately. And, you know, come on now. This is not reality. That's just the worst sex education, watching media and taking that in. So this is the thing with scheduling. It gets such a bad rap, but any sex educator will tell you we highly encourage scheduling, especially if you're feeling like you, you keep missing each other, you know, or one of you is is not content with the frequency. You know, everybody's not going to want sex at the same time every time. But scheduling, what it does is it creates anticipation. Anticipation is really good for arousal. And remember, we talked about spontaneously wanting sex and more responsively, you know, having responsive desire. I didn't get into it that much, but responsive desire is where you feel some arousal first. And then you think, oh, oh I do like this. I want to have sex. This, this, this is good, right? So then you desire sex. So when you put it on the calendar, you're saying, this is important. We're, we're setting intention around it because it's important. We're giving ourselves some space and time. And it also helps you think and anticipate just like hotel sex, right? Or you go away on vacation where you're like, oh, God, it was the best sex ever. Well, why is that? Because you planned to go away. You knew you were going. You knew you were going to. And it's like, oh, that anticipation is like very arousing. That's you're turning your brain on. Scheduling sex can work the same way, especially when you see it in that light and make it part of your bigger reframe of what sex can be. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, let's take the bad rap out of scheduling and just just realize like how it actually benefits and builds a spark versus it being like, it's on the schedule. We're so boring. What happened to us? What's wrong with us? No, you're making it a priority. Yes. And if and I think it can be a time to really look forward to. And then you can't wink across the table, you know, or, or what, what, you know, send a little, t- you know, all that anticipation and create, create some fun around it. So these are just three ideas, you know, to to help your mamas create space to receive and, and change roles, right? A transition time to lean into communicating about sex one conversation at a time. Redefine what sex can look like and is through affection or quickies or scheduling. These are just three worth just three options, but these three things can make a real difference in, in helping you make that pivot. So good. Cindy, we have to have you come back and talk about more. This is this is the tip of the iceberg. There's so much to talk about. And so I definitely want to have you come back. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm just delighted to be with you. I love I love what you're doing, Jessica. I'm cheering you on and cheering on all the mamas that are that are listening and just want them to know, you know, you're you're seen and you're you're beloved. You could do us a great favor by leaving a review and a rating. It helps our podcast get into the ears of more and more moms. 
Also, if you have never joined the international community sisterhood of We Are Brave Together, go to our website, wearebravetogether.org, and fill out the little form to be a part. We are here to support you and validate you, encourage you, and give you resources for your journey as a mom. Thanks so much for listening.